Hey everyone, I'm Tyler, and I'm one of the hosts on the show, Bring Out the List. I'm here to tell you about a new series we have within the show. I know, a series within a series? Crazy, right? It's called Let's Get Hypothetical. Ryan, Justin, and yours truly answer the ridiculous questions that we all think about. Like, could you survive a horror movie? Is E.T. really phoning home, or is it just an invasion? And can picky eaters survive like Tom Hanks and Castaway? All this and more every Monday and Friday. So join us and let's get hypothetical. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of Bring Out the List. My name's Ryan, and I'm here today to bring you another list, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Tyler Galaszewski. Man, how are you doing today, man? I'm kind of pissed right now. I'm, I'm actually really bothered. Pissed? What's going on? Well, you see, I really wanted to buy this one hockey book. Now, the book is about like the inside of like hockey and just all like the business side of it. Very excited about it. Couldn't wait to read it. Now, I asked for this book called Net Worth, and I guess they don't trust my intelligence, so they sent me emotional intelligence. Why it can matter more than IQ. Where did, wait, hold on, I'm confused. Where did you order this book from? Amazon. So you thought you were, so literally you thought you were getting one book and you got a completely different one? Yeah, I got emotional intelligence. I mean, emotional intelligence, I say this all the time. I think that there are so many smart people in the world book smart people in the world. Not enough people have emotional intelligence. So that, sir, that book, if it's teaching you about emotional intelligence, not that you don't have any, but hey, it's a great thing to have. So maybe you keep it. Nah, I want the hockey book. So what was the hockey book about exactly? So it's more about like the inside of the NHL and how kind of corrupt it was for a while. Like for instance, players in the 60s were, were making barely any money while like MLB and NFL were really progressing in the higher paying wages. Sounds like today. <laughs> kind of sounds like today. Um, NHL players kind of make pennies compared to the other two that you mentioned. Yeah, I know. But anyway, glad that uh, you're well, not glad. Unfortunately, you, you're working through that issue with your book there. But uh, I'm glad to see you here today. We're about to talk about something really great. As I mentioned, we are bringing another really awesome, fun list for you guys today. But before we get into that, I'm just going to explain a little bit how the show works. I realized in our first couple episodes, I kind of mulled over that. So I'm just going to be a little bit more formal this time. So every week, myself and Tyler, possibly featuring some other people in the future, we'll see. We'll find a topic and we'll make a list ranking that topic that can be in the world of music, movies, TV, sports, or any other stupid random topic that we decide to bring onto the show. Or hopefully maybe one day you guys will start sending us topics. Um, But regardless, we'll either do a top 10 or we'll rank that topic depending on the subject matter. And then if it's a ranking, we will then at the end make an overall ranking in between the two of us. Uh, If it's a top 10, we'll just both share our top 10s and call it a day. But when we do a ranking like we are going to do today, at the end of the show, we're also going to combine our rankings and make an average of the two somewhat. So today, our topic, and I'm not even going to do a drum roll, we're going to get right into it today. We are ranking all of the films in the Rocky franchise. So that's all eight, all six Rocky movies and both Creed movies. So there's eight overall. I can't speak for Tyler. 
I did a deep binge and watched all of these in like four days. So I took a ton of notes. I took a lot of quotes down, a lot of stuff. I'm really excited. Rocky is one of my favorite film franchises. Um, Something that I came way late to the game to one, just due to age. Rocky one came out in 1976. So I clearly was not even a thought yet, but something I came to a little bit later in life about two years ago. I love these movies. They're just, I don't know. I don't know why they're just really great. And I think one, because they're a product of the time that they were made in, but also two, there's just like, just a great set of underdog stories, you know, even when Rocky's on top, he's still kind of the underdog in these films. So that's why I enjoy this, but I don't know how you're feeling about this list, Tyler. Oh, I'm, I'm super excited. I mean, growing up with Rocky, I mean, I, I remember uh, my dad showed me Rocky and I, I would get always hyped up just watching all these movies. Every time they're just on any channel, I would always flip them on. And now honestly, like, just to let everybody know, like, I love all these movies no matter what. It's just that there are mm-hmm. some problems with a few of them. But I still love them. Yeah, I mean, same. Obviously, like most things you love, you're not going to admit, you're not going to say that they have no flaws. Uh, There's totally some flaws in here. That's why there's a ranking. But what I will say, too, is that from a couple of guys who grew up in South New Jersey, very Philadelphia-inspired, Rocky's in your face whether you want it to be or not. Philly embraces a fictional character very, very closely. And I don't blame him. It's a really awesome set of films, really good stories, and not necessarily unrealistic and i mean from where it starts it gets there it gets that little bit of an unrealistic uh, point at times but in terms of the simple story of a of a down on his luck guy struggling to survive i mean many people in this area the city and just outside can definitely relate to that story so we're really excited to get into this list and what i just want to say is before we get into it like i said we're just gonna each trade back and forth we're gonna go eight to one on our uh, respective lists what i will say because it is a ranking, it is kind of short. If one of us mentions another one of the, like if, if you mention one and it's higher on my list, if it's more than like three spaces up, we'll wait. If they're right after each other, like you have it eight and I have it seven, then obviously we'll just talk about it then. But even if you have it eight and I have it six, we'll probably still wait. But that's pretty much it. So we're going to get into this and I'm going to let Tyler go first. So what is your number eight? What is the lowest ranked movie in this franchise that you have? All right, so number eight, I actually have the 2006 one, Rocky Balboa. Now, here's my thing. Like, I, I love that he's kind of still like a superhero, and he can, you know, he can still show that he has it, he can fight. A lo- little bit of problem that I have is Paulie, the one guy who is an asshole, every other movie is now he cares about Rocky, he, he's nice. He's just like, I don't want you to fight anymore. And the other movies, he's like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Go out there and fight. Give us some more money. And I, I do hate that, like, okay, of how old he is and that he has, like, these superpowers that he can still compete when he's double the other boxer's age. And logically, it makes no sense that the brain trauma, he sounds smarter in this movie. He talks well. And in Rocky Five, completely different. I'll give you that one. I disagree with about 98% of what you just said, but that I agree with. He does sound smarter, even from one, all the way starting from one, he sounds smarter every single film, even though he's taking more and more punishment. So I'll give you that one. That that one's fine. But oh, no way. This is not the worst one in the entire franchise. No way. It just, no it, way. it bothers me that, that we've no made way. this guy a superhero. We've made no. him a superhero where he can take blows. He has brain trauma, yet they're like, go ahead, Rocky. Get back out there. You're fine. 
So I agree. Okay, so I thought I had the same thought the first time I saw this, and they gave him the license because it was just literally in the movie before where they they weren't approving him at a much younger age. I think he was like 34 in Rocky yeah. Five. There are flaws in this movie for sure, but I'll be honest, this is a way better ending to Rocky the Boxer than Rocky V was. Way better ending. There's no way. I actually, and like I said, I'm not going to say that it's number one. It's not. Spoiler alert. It is not number one for me. I love this movie. And maybe part of it is the nostalgia of it. And I'll go into it a little bit more when we get to it on mine. Man, to have it at eight, that's mind-blowing to me. I don't know. You can keep going. Yeah, I mean, like, I think they did a really good job. I mean, the budget for it was only like $24 million. They made 156 out of it, which is really good. Yeah. I think that's what they really went with is to trigger out that nostalgia. But I rewatched it recently. And just to, like, I felt that, you know, like how it was kind of like Rocky, the original yeah. in a way. Right. But it, it kind of reminds me of when I went to go see a disappointing film called Rise of Skywalker. Oh. And the nostalgia oh, attacked me. Oh, and now no. I'm like, you know what? I ain't letting it get to me this time. I can see what you're saying in terms of they're using the past to push the present. The only difference is that Rocky Balboa is the official name of the sixth movie, is that you you didn't have to be made. You could say after yeah. Rocky V, that's the ending. It's the worst ending ever. Oh, it was a bad um, ending. Or even terrible. One. But what I will say is that Rise of Skywalker was not something that didn't have to happen it was the end it had to happen and there was so much that they actually could have addressed instead of using nostalgia so that's where i differ with you here this didn't have to be made and i think this is the perfect way when you have such a terrible quote-unquote ending to your character if you're going to bring him back to give him a proper ending i think this is the way to do it you do draw a little bit down memory lane but also come back and give your own story. I don't know. I liked, I, I, I clearly like this movie a lot more than you do. Oh, um, I could tell that you probably had this potentially. I'm going to just take a wild guess that it might be in your top four. Uh, I'm not going to give I'm, that away. I, I'm, not I'm calling it. Away. I'm calling it. It's in the top four somehow. I'm not going to give that away. But what I will say is that I definitely do not have it at number eight. I'm very, very upset about that. I really, can I say this is probably, and, it, and it's because it's nostalgic for sure, but I think i would watch this one probably like the, the one that has the most rewatchability is this one i think personally really i, I like it that much like if, if i'm not just going off by which one i think is the best and just go off pure favorite like this is just like i'm chilling and i just want to watch something that i'm comfortable with like this is it this was like a personal favorite but not but i also acknowledge that the issues within it but yeah so I, i'll talk a little bit more about it when i get to get to it on my list but that's just i'm Ooh, number eight, man. Now, I just want to point out, all right? I did a test with most of the movies I was doing sure. with everything to see how pumped up I would get right after. So I would take a pre-workout and I'd watch well, the fighting scenes and I'd be ready to go. I mean, I'll be honest, this one this didn't is... do it as much, but it got very emotional. It got very emotional. And I did appreciate that. It was constantly like going to older scenes from time I, to time. I did I appreciate say... that. This is not, and I agree with you that I'm ready to run through a wall mm -hmm. after most of these. If you're looking for that, you're not getting it here. This is more of an emotional story of an aging athlete who's trying to, to move on with their life. That's kind of the main thing with it. But I'll, I'll get, like I said, I'll get into it in a minute. So now we're going to transition unless you have anything more to say about it. Nope. Go ahead. Number eight. So my number eight is Rocky Five. I, I'm sorry, like, I don't even think it's close. If you had put Rocky Balboa at seven, I could I understand. Was thinking, I, was thinking I, could, 
I can understand that. And I, and I think that's where it would be for a lot of people. I know that I definitely favored a little bit more, but I'm, there's no way that any movie on this list is worse than Rocky five. I'm sorry. It's everything about this movie. Like it's not even, so every movie on this list I like and I appreciate and I like watching. And that's how I knew that Rocky five was number eight, because that's the only one of this eight that I do not like to watch. I watched them all back to back to back to back. And this is the only one where I was looking at my watch and was like, I want this to be over so I can get to Rocky six, Rocky Balboa, because I love that one. What I will say about this one is, let's see here. It clocks in at about like an hour and 50 minutes. And that's the thing with Rocky is that the times on the movies are very different. They don't all clock in at like a similar time, like some are shorter and some are longer. Yeah, so this one came out in 1990. Like I said, clocks in an hour and 51 minutes. The difference with this one, and you'll see the pattern later as I go on, this one was directed by John G. Uh, Avildsen. Um, he directed the, the original Rocky. So I think that's what they were after Rocky IV. They were like, we need to hit some good success to end the series. Let's go back to where we started. Directed by this guy, written by Stallone. Now Stallone has written all of the Rocky proper movies. He wrote all... No, sorry, what were you going to say? What I was just going to say was, yeah, he wrote all of them except, including a creed, except for the very first creed he wrote. Yes, 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 yes. So so he co-wrote Creed 2 with somebody else, and that's in my notes when we get to that later. But yeah, he co-wrote Creed 2, but he wrote all of the Rocky proper movies, which is interesting because that's one of my biggest problems with Rocky Five is the way it's written. It's like so overdone like it's very like happy go lucky like let's go junior like oh my god like rocky no like it's it's like very over the top or like anytime robert his son speaks it's like but dad it's just very very 90s which is funny because it was literally released in 1990 but like it's the most 90s thing ever which is funny because i'm gonna give rocky four the same compliment later i'm gonna when i tell when i say that it's very 80s but this is very 90s in the worst way possible that movie is very 80s in the best way possible rocky four but rocky five is very 90s in the absolute worst way possible it's so corny so overwritten i mean robert himself is the worst part of this movie i think any time that that kid is on screen i just want to punch him in the face He's so annoying. Like, there's nothing redeeming about this kid. I don't know. Do you feel the same way? I think he's so annoying. Okay, so there's two people I found annoying. Rocky's son. Yes. And also Tommy Morrison. I don't think... I think he's a gr- good... He was a good fighter outside, but a bad actor. And I could tell right, right from the get-go. I think a Terrible part... Of, actor. I think a part with Tommy Morrison playing Tommy Gunn, who in the movie... because So Rocky Five picks up directly after four, after he... And sorry, if you haven't watched Rocky movies, I'm not going to try and spoil it completely, but like I will spoil things. But after he wins, I'll just say after he wins in four, I won't say what happens. After he wins in four, it literally picks up right when he gets off the plane from the last fight and he retires. And, you know, he then gets sought out by Tommy Gunn, who's played by Tommy Morrison, the actual real life boxer. And I think it's 50-50. I don't think that he is the strongest actor, but... I think the writing in this movie is horrendous. And I think that that is not helpful when you have a fledgling actor to also have terrible, a terrible script. And I didn't understand why the script was so bad because it's written by the same person. Yeah. Now, what I'm going to just like throw my two cents is you have to remember Sylvester Stallone, a.k.a. Rocky, wrote it. He's been through brain trauma. 
It's a tough time, all right? I mean, I mean, Sylvester Stallone wasn't actually suffering from Rocky trauma. wrote the script. He, got, he went through brain trauma. I mean, that's kind of what it feels like, except if you watch these movies pretty closely, Rocky really doesn't know how to write and read. But, you know, I just think a lot of the things in here, just a lot of my notes is just like, for one, okay, so for one, a big thing that bothered me with Robert is that like in the beginning when they're still rich, he talks like a normal kid. And then the second they, they move to Philly, like to actual Philly, he starts talking like a street kid and the accent is so strong. It's so annoying. I hate it. I think template wise, like the story itself actually could have been pretty good. My issues are with execution. Like I think the general story of semi-retired Rocky trains new fighter, brings that fighter to the top. Fighter gets jealous because he's living in Rocky's shadow. They bash heads. Like that, that makes for a good story. They just, they overplay everything. Even the flashbacks, because they do a lot of flashbacks here. And I don't hate flashbacks all the time if they're properly used, but they changed characters. Like there's multiple Mickey flashbacks. And suddenly Mickey is like this really happy, go lucky guy. He's so nice to Rocky. And like, when did this happen? They, they loved each other. They loved each other, Mick and Rocky. But he was never like this soft, like when he gives him the cufflink, he's all like, oh, Rock, I love you so much. And I'm like, no, that never happens. The first time you ever heard him compliment while he was still alive, compliment Rocky when he was alive is when, right, just right before he dies in three. Sorry, I'm spoiling things. Um, uh, it's fine. I, I the mean, movies, movies have been out for old. so long. Yeah, how old? Like, you know, and I think that I'm not going to give enough away that you still shouldn't watch them if you haven't. But what I'm saying is, though, you know, or like the speech. I'm looking at some of the quotes I wrote down here. Like there's a speech in the Mickey flashback where he goes, kid, you give me a reason to stay alive. And like, he never says things like that. What did he you know say? I, mean? I don't remember. Yeah, he doesn't say, you know, he doesn't really say anything, you know. And I just, I, the whole thing is just so overplayed. I like the plot though. It kind of fills in some holes, like holes that normally don't matter. But like, I, I kind of liked that they were filled in terms of, you know, Rocky was in Russia for how long? pretty long time and you don't just like suddenly become not responsible for anything in your life so how he loses his money is because he's in russia training and not focusing on his fiscal or financial life and somebody's like hey we need you to sign this document the lawyer and paulie handles it but he thought it was a tax document but it's actually a power of attorney so he gives the rocky's attorney power of attorney and he tried to invest all of rocky's cash and then lost out on it, and then Rocky comes back to the U.S., and he's broke. So he's lost everything. Yeah. I'm okay with this part of it, and I actually, and I I know we're going to go into this rant, but I actually disagree a little bit less with the concept of the rant than I do. Now, I do think, hold on, we'll get there. So he loses everything, and they have to move out of their mansion. He has to sell Mm -hmm. all this stuff. Robert, his son is, you know, Adrian is upset. Paulie's upset, and they move back to the neighborhood where it all started. That I like. That all makes sense. In Rocky Five, you've pretty much done everything with him at this point. The only thing you can do is knock him back on his ass and make him start from square one. All of this is good, and that's why I can watch this movie, because there are good parts of it. But man, is it just a mess. It's all a mess. You know, I like the elements where, like, Rocky gets too close to Tommy and basically puts him in like the son position in his life instead of caring about his own son. And Adrian says, you know, you're, you're, you're losing your family. You know, you're losing your family rock, you know, all that stuff. You know, he, he, he wants to give the cufflink that make Mickey gave him to the Tommy instead of Robert, which I thought was really fucked up. But then visually there are some really cool things in Rocky five as well, because you're going back to the beginning. You have all the similar shots. It shows the pet shop years later that Adrian worked at and it 
the same street. It shows Mickey's gym. Even at one point, they do the same camera angles that they do in the very first scene of Rocky 1 when Tommy starts fighting amateur. It's the same camera angles, the same ring, the same church that Rocky fought in. So it's kind of, they play, you know, they kind of play that pretty well. But other than that, like, it's so bad. And the biggest thing that pisses me off about this movie is the final fight. Man, and, and I've talked to a couple people about this. Some people are like, no, no, it was badass. It was a street fight. The scene, no! Hold on. The scene itself, I'm sorry. The scene itself is cool, and it's a lot of fun. But I'm sorry. That movie should have ended with Tommy Gunn and Rocky in the ring. That should have been his comeback. You know, he should have, like, done something really bad to Rocky, and then Rocky should have gotten back in the ring knocked his ass out and retired and that's how the rocky franchise should have ended it was there it was there but instead they have to make this knock him out drag him out street fight and it's just not rocky man like i didn't like that was the first fight scene that i didn't like it's fun but i didn't get hype you know they normally get hype for the but like they film the boxing so well in these movies i think now there are a few gaps in rocky one granted it was 1976 where you can see apollo's punches and they're clearly not even yeah and they're clearly not anywhere near stallone's face but like whatever it, but fine whatever it's you still get the effect of it but this it just, it just wasn't as fun like it just was not as fun um this movie i have the least amount of notes on and basically the i always write like i would write like a mini review at the end basically it's just that i, I wrote like solid beginning decent story execution is where this movie fails overacted overwritten over everything basically repeated in, in my opinion, you basically repeated Rocky Four without any of the cool stuff. Like, Agreed. like no great adversary, no cool training scene. Like, you take out the cool parts of Rocky Four, Rocky Five. Yeah, it, it's not even close. This is not only the weakest movie in the franchise. This is just a bad movie, and that's how I feel about that. I don't know if, if where this is in your list. Okay. Is it next? It is exactly next, and the only reason I have it. So above. we're going to Tyler's number seven. The reason I just did my eight. This is his seven is also Rocky five. Right, yes. Yeah, so Rocky five is my seven. The only reason I have it above Rocky Balboa is because the first half, I like the first half where it's basically explained to me how the money got lost, how all this stuff happened. Sure. Just that little continuation. The rest of it is shit. I yeah. hate it. Yeah. But the it's, only it's reason I gave good. it the little bump was because of the storyline. I like with the brain trauma, all that realistic. I, I, I enjoyed that this is the everyday problems of a boxer. And I would even be okay if he didn't fight in this movie. Like if he just backs Tommy Gunn and yeah. they, they and he wins as a trainer, fine. It's a little lame, but fine. But not that. Now, I, I like that, you know, we see Rocky manage Tommy Gunn. Like it shows in a way that he's going to eventually become a good trainer with Creed. You know what I mean? He's yeah. going to, he, he like he, he has retrospect. a knack for it, I guess, in a yeah. way. But I also mm-hmm. did notice when watching him really train Tommy Gunn, I didn't un- understand one word he was saying, and yeah. I didn't see him really giving that much advice. I heard, you want to That reminds me, though, in the scene when – and, okay, this is one, another thing that obviously we like the fights and we like the hype stuff in Rocky, but another yeah. thing that I love about this franchise are the quippy lines that he has, and, like, he's very funny. Like, Rocky is very funny if you really listen to the script. And I, that's why I was so surprised that Stallone wrote this one because normally the scripts are exquisite. But a good line in Rocky Five when Tommy Gunn is asking Rocky to train him, he goes, I'm not a manager. I was always 
the managed. Like <laughs> instead of saying I was the fighter, like he just goes, I was the managed. Like, well, I love I, it. I think it was because like, okay, well he's going through brain trauma. We have to make him struggle to find the right words. So we're going to have him say that. Yeah. Well, no, I honestly, I just think that's something that he would always say. That's a very rocky line in a movie filled with not very many rocky lines. Like that was one of them. But anyway, continue. So, I mean, like if you break down little pros and cons of this situation, that you see a darker side of boxing, you see Rocky has potential to manage a fighter, to train a fighter. I would say as a con here, Paulie is still an asshole. He's still an asshole. He's still a dick. Oh, continue. I hate Paulie every goddamn time except for the 2006 version because he's somehow a nice person because, you know, his sister died. And now he's like, oh, okay, well, now I could be nice. So what I would say about Paulie is that I don't – I think that you're being a little hard on him. Not in five. Like, I would hate his guts. No, if He I was sold. He it's, gave power he gave, he of, gave power of attorney. He gave power of attorney. And that's true. That was dumb. The only thing I would say is you had mentioned, like, he never cared about Rocky until six. That is not true. And I well, have I mean, whole, like – care that is like no 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 no. also like, like a bum and like he's an idiot, he's an, idiot and a, he's an idiot and a bum but he's not necessarily a mooch because he doesn't want to be a mooch you know he works on the training team for rocky but anyway the thing what i would say is, is that he always pulls out lines about how much he does care about rocky and i have them in my notes in different points and they there i'll reference them when i am talking about those films, but there are a few times. There's one, and I think it's Rocky Four, right before he gets into the ring. One quote that I think was really awesome by, by Paulie. So I'll push back a little bit on that he didn't care. He always loved Rocky, and that's why he felt so bad. When Adrian and Paulie are fighting, when she finds out that he lost everything, he says, he goes, this is not what I was trying to do. I would, he, and then he, right before he leaves, he, he lights his cigar and he goes, I never stole a dime. Like he never, he was never, ever, not team rocky is he stupid yeah is he a little bit of a, a mooch absolutely does he put his foot in his mouth absolutely is he really shitty to adrian see if anyone should hate paulie it should be adrian not that's the thing that bothered me a lot was like how yeah. he treated his sister just he legit beat the shit out of her yeah i mean and emotionally too i mean yeah there, there was a lot of things but in terms of rocky five i would say that i think all of us could take a page out of rocky's book here and be like look like paulie's family he really fucked up, yeah. but I still love him. Because when they moved to, to Philly, back to Philly, Paulie came with them. You know, they didn't cast him out. So I, I think I like Paulie as a character. I obviously, you don't like him all the time. It's tough. Like I said, I think this movie is a trash can. I really do. I'm so glad that they made Rocky Balboa because that's a much better ending. You have to come with me there, at least on that one. Like, it's a yeah. much better ending to Rocky the Fighter. One. Yeah, well, I just think in general, it's also just a better wrap-up for the character. Like, I just think in five, there's so much to be desired. And I think you, know, you can like it less, but I think literally the absolute end of Rocky Balboa is a way better wrap-up to this franchise. Because you got to remember, in 2006, this was it. There was no Creed. That was not even spoken about. So this was the ending. And the way it ends, it, it's a very solid ending. Like, I watched this, and I was like, oh, Creed did not have to be made. Not that it shouldn't be, because I like them, but I'm just saying. Oh. I didn't know. I did notice one thing with Rocky Five, by the way. You mm. notice the one promoter kind of reminds me a little bit of like Don King. A little bit, yeah. Right. I mean, remind me a bit things, of that. Yeah, and talk about things that are over the top. That's it. Yeah, George Washington Dukes or whatever his name is, the the promoter. He is such a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. He's such a cartoon character. It's disgusting. 
and his fighter is such a robot. The guy that he brings Rock on the stage to talk to Rocky at when he's at the press conference. Yeah. It's awful. George Washington Duke. Yeah, played by Richard Grant. He's so he's a cartoon character. Like when Rocky grabs him and he's like, hit me and I'll sue. And he and he goes, hit me and I will sue. And then he hits him and clearly didn't sue him. Uh, yeah, it was so cool that everybody's cheering. Rocky's like, sue me for what? Yeah, right, because he didn't have anything. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. But it was just it was just dumb. But I don't know. And I th- and I think another part of Rocky Five is that you take out in addition to all the terrible things that were in it, there's also a lot of people taken out. Like Adrian is basically non existent, minus a couple of scenes. She's basically non existent in the movie. And I think she's a key character in the first four. And you just kind of sideswiped her a little bit and gave a lot of time to Robert that shouldn't happened now i just have like one last little i guess like comment towards rocky five i just remember seeing the one scene where rocky gives the american flag boxing pants to tommy which i assume wait wasn't apollo's and then rocky wore it for apollo yes in four yeah um tony duke the the trainer gives them to rocky because he was apollo's trainer yeah that, that was another thing between between the the cufflink and the shorts i guess because he's a fighter but still i was like you can't, you can't you it, it bothered guy. me it bothered me so much i'm like you were disrespecting apollo right now yeah you barely know this guy i don't know was, yeah yeah like after like a month you're like oh let's go after a day of me hey you want to you want to uh, live down in my basement see that one i'm okay with that's a very rocky move plus you have to remember Rocky's a child of the 60s and a young adult of the 70s in a time in this country where people were a lot more friendly. That's not as weird, especially amongst boxers. And like he looks at Tommy as somewhat the same as himself. No money, no nothing, trying to live out a dream. So the one living in the basement I was fine with, it was when he was putting himself, putting Tommy over his own son, which is what they wanted you to feel, is when it got like, what are you doing? But anyway, so I did my seven. What is yeah. your seven? So, yeah, now I'm going to do my seven. And uh, Tyler, brace yourself for this because I'm sorry. I know I'm going to disappoint you. And you don't have to talk about it because I know it's higher. So th- that's what we'll do. I will talk about it, but the other person will stay quiet because that's kind that kind of worked. So my number seven. Oh, man, I'm nervous. My number seven is 1985's Rocky IV. No! <laughs> <laughs> Really? I I know that you're not alone. I've had multiple conversations with people about not my list, but about the movies, and this is their favorite one. Anecdotally, I'll talk I was having a phone conversation with one of my coworkers yesterday who grew who was a child of the 80s. You know, he was he's older than me, but shout out to Fred. Um he's a, like my my best coworker, friend. He said, like, the, the only thing that you don't have in watching this movie is the context of the time. And I'm going to expose that to myself. I was not alive in 1985 during the height of the Cold War. And apparently this movie had a lot of hype around it when it came out. You know, you know, this was Rocky IV. He's fighting the Russian, you know, all that good stuff. If you take all the hype out, you know, he told me a story about, like, he lives in New Jersey as, as well, Fred. He told me a story about how when he went to the shore, you know how like at the shore at all the shops and stuff, they yeah. have whatever thing is cool that year that is plastered on every single prize that you can win on the boardwalk. 
in the summer of 1985, everything had Rocky Four on it. And he told me this story about how he tried for three days to try and win this towel that had the Russian flag and the American flag and Drago and Rocky like meeting fist to fist on the flag. And then he finally got it. And he said, Fred told me that he still has it to this day. Now that was a really cool story about someone who grew up when this movie came out and why there was so much hype behind it. Now back to my own opinions. I do not hate this movie. I like it. It is a lot of fun. The fight is probably top two fights in the entire franchise. Problem is everything else. So it's not bad, but this is a very A and B film. Start middle end it's literally an hour and 31 minutes yes this one was directed and written by sylvester stallone music was done by uh, vince decola this is the first rocky film not done the music is not done by bill conti he did basically all of the other ones leading up to this one now this movie like i said and i'm going to change my opinion a little bit is is an embodiment of the 80s for the best and the worst so the, the, the worst parts of it and the first bullet point I put down when Rocky, so this movie picks up right after Rocky three, when Rocky and Apollo do the secret Rocky V Apollo three. So he comes home. Now the first plot hole in this is that in Rocky two, Robert is like two or three years old. Suddenly in Rocky four, when Rocky comes home from that said fight, the kid's like 10. What happened? Anyway, not that I would hold it totally against it for that. Cause like who cares? But the first real thing is that he comes home to celebrate Polly's birthday, and you know what they get him for his birthday, Tyler? Yep. You want to you tell him what, what he gets for his birthday? A robot. A robot. They get him the Polly bot, which is what I called it in my notes. They get him a fucking robot. Like, it's the Happy weirdest, birthday, corniest Polly. thing. Yeah, and he like, and then he ends up programming it to, like, like, say things, like, nice things to him and, like, get him stuff. And at one point, literally, like, like Apollo comes to visit the house and he's like, what the hell is that? And, and Polly just goes, it's my girl. She loves me. And I'm like, what the hell? It's a robot. But basically the way that this movie is set up, it's that Rocky is the champ at this point. He has the belt. He won it. He won it back from Clubber Lang in three. So he's the champ. And uh, at this point, Apollo is retired still after training him for the Clubber Lang fight. So he's still retired. And these Russian trainers come in and bring in Ivan Drago, this beast of a man. Dolph Lundgren plays Ivan Drago. And they bring him in to challenge, like, the, the Soviet Union or Russia is entering the, the WBC, World Boxing Confederation. And we want to represent, we want to win the title. And they're pumping him with, with one, they use, like, this top-of-the-line technology to measure, like, at one point, like, they're measuring his punch weight. And it's, like, the average puncher... He, Punches at about 800 pounds per punch. And then they have him punch the machine and it goes to 1,800 pounds. And he's like, Ivan Drago punches at 1,800 pounds per punch, meaning every single one of his blows is detrimental. Like they say, like all this dumb shit. Like he's just this machine of a man. He, can, he doesn't really speak English. And, and this is a common theme is that the adversary, minus Apollo, this is kind of a, a thing where the enemy fighter or the, you know even in well even in rocky one i think apollo was more of a an enigma than he was a, a character but normally whoever rocky is fighting doesn't really have much of a personality or a background this is the worst one like you don't really know anything about drago other than the fact that they've just breeded him to be a killing machine and apollo looks at this guy and he's like the most american american ever he's like i'm not gonna let this guy come in here and like 
I'm gonna, I'm embarrassed this fool. We're gonna do an exhibition fight. I'm gonna come out of retirement and I'm gonna beat this fool. And so they do the exhibition fight. This is one of the coolest opening scenes ever. Like James Brown, literally the real James Brown comes out and does a does a performance as Apollo is coming out. Apollo's got the the Uncle Sam hat, you know, he's all American decked out. Rocky's in his corner, and he comes out and he's all cocky. And he's like, Hey, you going down, fool? And you know, they did the press conference beforehand, and you know, Apollo doing his great thing. Um, he's probably my favorite character in the entire franchise, by the way. Is Apollo Creed? Oh um, yeah, he's 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 pretty entertaining. Amazing. I love like living in America, just playing as he's just jumping around. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and James Brown is Point literally intro. there singing it. And then this, and like they kind of set the tone is that like he's all cocky, he's all cocky, and then the ref goes, "All right, tap gloves." And Apollo goes to like he lifts his hands like over his head to bang down on on Drago's gloves, and he basically just hits a brick wall like his like his hands don't move. And then I forget exactly what. He says, I think the, the line is either you will lose or I'm going to crush you. And I think it's you will lose. It is you will lose. The one against Rocky is I must I will, break you. I must break you. That's right. Yeah. So he hits, he hits Drago's gloves and his arms don't even move. And he just goes, you will lose. And then they go to their corners. And man, this fight, I fight. It, it's an absolute drubbing destroys Apollo. He makes it till through like three rounds, barely. And then he finally knocks him out. Now the big caveat here and the motivator for Rocky is at one point he's the head trainer and Tony Duke, his, his actual, like Apollo's actual trainer is like, throw in the towel, throw in the towels. You know, you throw the white towel. That means that that boxer's corner is giving up the fight. But Apollo, when he was in the corner before the round starts was like, don't stop this fight. No matter what, no matter what, you know, so like Rocky's like, and there's a scene where he's holding the towel and then it flashes. And this is where it gets very 80s. Like Rocky's holding the towel and then all of the heads of all the different characters during the movie are flashing past his head. And then it flashes back to the towel and he's like, oh, oh, and he just decides not to throw it. And then Drago knocks him out after like beating the shit out of him and kills him. Deadly punch he's, right there. He's d- dead. And then when he hits the floor and they, and you know, Rocky's like there and they're like, someone goes, he's unresponsive. He's unresponsive. Drago literally utters the line. Oh, no, that's right. They're interviewing. He was, you know, what, what do you think oh. of the damage done to Apollo? And he goes, if he dies, he dies. And, like, like, that's hardcore, dude. That is fucking hardcore. Now, unlike all the other Rocky movies, there was no part or no struggle where he had to, like, like, he knew the second this ended, I have to fight this man. Like, I'm fighting this man. Whereas in, like, three and two, it was like, should I, shouldn't I? He comes home and he's like, Adrian, I'm digging the fight. And then this is one of the cool lines. And it's kind of, it's funny right after Rocky three, where she hypes him up when they're training on the beach, the exact opposite. He's at the bottom of the stairs and she's at the top of the stairs. And the famous line is you can't win. If you don't remember that, she tells him that she can't, he can't beat Drago. Such a supportive wife. But then in my, and and I don't remember what conversation this is, but it happens right after that conversation or is during the conversation with Adrian a quote from Rocky is like, if he's going to beat me, then he's going to have to kill me. And you'll have to be prepared to die because I don't think he's ready for that. And I love that line. I mean, he, he, just, killed your, he just killed your best friend. Right. That's what he's saying. So he's, he's saying like, this is it, bro. Like I'm, I'm bringing, I'm giving you everything. And no, so he does say that to Adrian because then, and this is the most 80s thing that happens in the movie. And I know that you're going to know it when I start talking about it. When he gets into his car and leaves, and yep. he's and it does the montage of all the different scenes from all of the other movies as and then it shows like Rocky in the middle driving. It's the most 80s thing. 
And it's so corny, but I love it. I really do. Like, I like it, but also I acknowledge that it's probably kind of corny. Yeah, what were you going to say? No, what I was just going to say was I love that the, the song No Easy Way Out. Yeah. Every <laughs> single time I play it, I reenact that car scene. I can't help it. It's it came on the car last night as I was driving home with my girlfriend. Yeah. And I just started reenacting the whole thing. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, my best friend just died. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just, it's very much a thing that is, like I said, just a product of its time. But so then he gets past that and then he goes into training. He gets Tony and they get, they get to Russia. It's just Tony, Pauly, and Rocky in the middle of Russia just training. And you know, he's running through snow, he's climbing mountains, he's doing all this. This is the best training montage yes. in the entire franchise, Rocky proper. There's another one that I'll mention later that I think that that training montage, if not better, is very close. But I think this might still be number one. But there's another one that's very close. But this is the best training montage in the entire franchise. But this is where a lot of people will argue that this movie is Apollo dies training montage fight, and it's you know it's very surface level, and I'm not gonna, and that's why it's low because it's very surface level. I still very much enjoy it, but you know he gets to the mountain, and you have the famous Drago, you have all that like it's very hype, and then it ends, and then they get to the fight. Now this is one of my favorite lines from Paulie. I mentioned it earlier, and you're roasting a little bit. I love this line because not only is it the most Pauly way to compliment somebody but also just very touching in general. So they're walking up before he comes out to go to the ring. And right before they go, these, these pre-fight conversations are always the best ones. He, go, he, he goes up to Rocky and he's like, if I could unzip myself and be someone else, I'd be you. And then he hesitates and he goes, you're all heart, Rock. And then he kisses him on the cheek, very Italian. And I just think that that's such a great, like that's how somebody like Paulie would describe and compliment somebody else. I just think it's a great way to say it. And I thought it was really touching. Obviously, he says it with a lot more emotion. And he says a bunch of other stuff before that. You know, the speeches around, like, you know, Rock, like, I, you know, I'm not so great with talking about my emotions and blah, blah, blah. You know, he's like the tough guy. Like, I don't know how to express myself. And then he says that. And I'm like, I just think that's so touching. And then we get to the fight. They get in the ring. And like you said, Drago says one thing. I must break you. And then we commence. And then the fight begins. And some... Uh, notable things from the fight, obviously Rocky's getting his head pounded in like the first round. Like he's just not with it. But then Rocky does finally start to break through. See, this is the fight that cements the legend of how much punishment Rocky can take. Like so much punishment to finally, he's doing it on purpose almost. Like kind of, but not really, but a little bit. He is like, he knows that if I take some, it'll give me openings. But then you have a few different parts of the fight the, the quotes that are very famous, he's cut. The Russian is cut is the first one when he gets yeah. the square shot on his face. Then about halfway through the fight, Rocky turns the crowd. In Russia, which in, makes they're in no Russia, sense. And, and he turns the crowd and they go, Rocky, Rocky. And then they are just trading blows, which you would think on paper is like not what Rocky would need to do to win this fight. But they this becomes like the boxing version of a street fight. I mean, just boom. Boom! Like, they're just trading blows. 1,800 pounds to the, the head of Ron Orndi's got fucking brain damage in Rocky Five. Oh, my um, God. Did you see... By the way, right after the fight in Rocky Five, when he's in the shower, he's like, I can't... Like, my hands are shaking. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. yeah like, he took blows. Yeah, in the first scene of Rocky Five when they're still in Russia, because, like, it's a cool thing about this franchise 
is that they always show a recap of the fight before and then a follow-up scene before you actually get into like the movie. But yeah, the Rocky turns the crowd. And then at one point, halfway through the fight, Drago's all beat up and the, his trainer and Russia's all upset with him. And the trainer comes like, what are you doing? And he looks at the guy. And this is like the only sentence of English he speaks the entire movie. He goes, oh, no, it was in Russian. It was, he it was says in it in Russian. But he goes, he's not human. He's like a piece of iron. He's amazed at just how much punishment that this man can take. Also, by the way, you have to remember, Drago is like, I think Rocky sits at 5'10". In the movies, I don't know how tall Sylvester Stallone actually is, but I think they they put Rocky at 5'10". I want to say Drago is like 6'2", at least, if not 6'4". Like, he's got the reach and the weight. I don't even know how this is a matchup, really. That's the only thing about Rocky sometimes. Like, I don't know how this is a matchup, because, like, clearly he's like a light heavyweight, if a heavy, maybe a heavyweight sometimes, because I think in four, no, I think in three, he weighs in at 202, Rocky. Like, he's not that heavy, and I don't think he's that much bigger in four. But regardless of that like he's he can't believe it like he cannot believe how much damage this guy takes and then i just said it before but then even the announcers there's a quote he's like forget it's like the last round and they're like forget this forget technique this just turned to a street fight because they're just going boom 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 just trading shots and everybody should know in the rocky franchise do not trade blows with rocky because he'll win every time he will win every single time that you're just trading blows. He will take that thing to the chin and be like, oh, yeah, bop, like, and he'll hit you with that left hook. Can I also just say, Rocky yeah. has the worst defensive game. He has no defense. So I agree There's with no you. defense. It's I, just offense. I agree offense. with you until Rocky three, and I'll go into why it changes. I don't want to give that away yet. But he abandoned but, it in Rocky four. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You're he just wrong. did the one fight, and then he's like, all right, that's it. Yeah. You're Let me wrong. get my face bashed in. You're totally not wrong. None of that is wrong. I agree with you in every part of that. And then I, I have the bullet point here, and I think this sentence is a great way to put it because this is how they framed the movie in the last round. Rocky knocks out communism. Yes. Not just, not just Drago. He knocks out communism because he knocks out Drago. And then this very, very manufactured speech that he gives to the press post-fight we weren't alive in 1985, Tyler, and I think that if we were, we would appreciate this a lot more. I still did, honestly. It's still good. I do, too. It does come off a little bit corny, but, you know, the big quote from him is, if I can change, then you can change. And then he hesitates. He goes, everyone can change. Talking about, like, the Cold War and, like, not needing to be at war. So, basically, Rocky ends communism and the Cold War in, in this version of, of the country or of the world. And I'm okay with that. Um, oh, yeah. Which is why, onto the rant earlier that we never went about Rocky Five, the man ended communism. He was the champ. Nobody wanted to reach out for a sponsorship. He couldn't start a new business. And then in Rocky Six, they prove he could have started a new business when he opens Adrian's, the restaurant. Ah, I can't fucking take it anymore. It's the I'm worst part. So of, mad. It's the worst part of Five. There's no way that he would go completely broke like that. But anyway. I, I disagree with it a little bit less than the original rant that we had, but I do still think it's it's valid. But my and my overall thoughts with Rocky Four, though, what I will say is that it's just it's a very simple, straight line plot. It's the most simple plot in the entire franchise. You know, easy motivator with Apollo's death. He knows exactly what he has to do. You know, and I just think that Drago, unfortunately, while a force of nature, is very baseless and very no depth. Like there's no depth to any characters that are not Rocky. 
yeah. that's okay and that's why i like it and that's why this if i could put space in between my rankings this is right above rocky five but man is there a huge gap it's like rocky four 50 feet of shit rocky five. rocky five like just because it's seven does not mean that it is bad but that's all i'll say so that is my number seven rocky four all right um, so you're moving on to number six tyler right yeah no I'm just going to say before I start six, I'm still like seething with rage. So that anger was not also, you know, the whole beating communism, but it was also a little bit more of you putting it at seven. I was going to say, so you're not over me putting it at seven. I'm not over it. All right. Listen, I'm not bitter, but I'm bitter. Okay. The man defeats communism and you're going to throw it at seven. I am. I am. Look me in the eyes through zoom right now. And you say that to me. What do you want me to do? Oh, no. <laughs> I was going to say, look me in the eyes through Zoom and tell me that you put that at seven. Well, all right. Look at the camera. Here we go. You ready? Yep. I put Rocky Four at number seven on my list of the Rocky rankings. All right. You call my bluff. Shit. There you go. Anyway, besides calling my bluff, Ryan, my number six is Rocky Three. I have Rocky Three at number six. Ooh, interesting. You see, I did like it. I, we see that Rocky, you know, what it's like for Rocky to be famous, you know, all the celebrity endorsements, all the deals, everything like that. And we see Mickey and him want to retire. I do like that, that they're just kind of like, all right, we're done. Let's, let's stop. And then, uh, obviously, when Mr. T, a.k.a. Clubber Lane, comes in and yeah. decides to hit on Rocky's wife, that was it. And I never realized... Right. Yeah, that Mickey even had a heart condition. I never knew he had that bad of a heart condition going on. He, well, I, I don't think it was something that was known. Yeah, until, just out of nowhere, he just started grabbing yeah, yeah. his chest, like in the beginning. I mean, he is older. You sure. know. I think they say he's seventy six or some something like that. And I do like the whole idea of his enemy in the first two movies, Apollo Creed, now becomes his friend, his best friend, because they have respect for each other. And right. Right. I noticed in the fight, too, like the first fight against Clover Lang, he wanted Rocky to win so bad. He wanted, he hated Clover yeah. Lang with such a passion. Yeah. Because yeah, he kind of disrespects him when he's in the ring, yeah. when Apollo's in the ring to like, because they bring him in as a guest to like introduce the fight or whatever. Yep. He's also calling the fight. Yeah, he was doing a uh, color commentating. Yeah. One of the things I kind of have a problem with is I feel like Clover Lang was like, his acting skills were okay. The story is all right to me. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I like when like Apollo and him are going through that training montage. And you, you see that he really has lost that drive that he had, that chip on his shoulder. It was gone. Because he right. cause that, when Mickey said, I believe, that he basically it became civilized now. Like, mm-hmm. he's yep, adapted. That's the exact line. But you're, you've, you're too civilized? Yeah. yeah, you're civilized now. Yeah which is a problem. He sees that the drive is gone. Right. And a problem that I have with it too, is just like, I'm watching Clubber Lang take these ridiculous long hook punches. Yeah. He shows his hand so quickly and that's all he's got. He doesn't do anything else. It's like, Oh, extreme far out, right hook, extreme far out, right hook, extreme far out, left hook. He has no combos. It's just those ridiculously, long hooks that's all they are i don't see him ever really go for body shots it's always just a big hook 
which yeah. bothered me. Like, yeah, no, he's he's definitely not a like technique fighter. Like, I think that Prime Apollo would literally destroy this fool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his face is wide open the entire time. Oh, I yeah. honestly didn't think it was that entertaining of a fight. So I would disagree with you there. I do think that the fight is pretty good. The final one, obviously, not the first one. And I think you're leaving out a big part of the movie too, because you see like three fights technically, because you know because he's champ, he's kind of taking the world tour, and he does the charity fight with oh, yeah, Thunderlips, yeah, with the Hulk Hogan, and he wins yeah. somehow. And we know it's right there with Mickey too, like how he's getting like stressed out with his heart condition right off mm-hmm. there. He starts grabbing ass chest. Yeah. Well, and it's funny is that actually the first person in the movie that he interacts with other than in the fights, I'm talking about Clover Lang, is Mickey. Yeah. Because you see one of like Rocky's like many title defenses. And then the one he's like, I want Balboa. I'm talking to you, old man. I want Balboa. <laughs> like, and, he, and he gets leery. But yeah, and I have that too, like, you know, Mick's first heart issue. I think it's great that they went like this. This is like one of the like some of the clever lines between Paulie and Rocky come out when Thunderlips is coming into the ring. They're like four hundred four pounds or four hundred pounds. What's that guy eat? And then they introduce like and the the reigning world champion Rocky Balboa weighing in at two hundred two pounds. Like they they say his weight and Rocky goes, "What do you think he eats?" And then they introduce Rocky and he goes, two hundred two pounds." <laughs> I love that line. I love that so much. Like, you... That was a clever line. Yeah, yeah. Rocky's like, "What do you think he eats?" And he goes, "And and oh no, Mick. It's it's Mick. It's not it's not Polly. It's Mick." He goes, "About two hundred two pounds." <laughs> I love that. And then he finds a way to get his gloves off so that he can give you know a little like actual body shots to to Thunderlips. And then after all of it's over, he causes all of this commotion when the fight ends. Rocky's like, "What was that all for?" And he goes. That's the name of the game. Like, yeah, it was like as soon as the fight's over, like, great job out there, great job. Yeah, like, it was all yeah, an yeah, act yeah. to him. He's all about, the, uh, yeah, all about the show. Yeah, I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Like, Rocky was actually throwing legit punches at him, and he was just like, well, he was hitting him. I mean, he was hitting Rocky with legit moves too. You know, he was doing the chest slaps and the suplexes and the knees. Like, he was hitting him too. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you're doing this, don't you kind of want to? Do it the way that the WWE does it and yeah, not I mean, hurt yourself as badly. Know, yeah, I don't know what Thunderlips motivation was, other I guess than to put on a really great show. But um that was pretty much that. But yeah, and then you go to the the inauguration of the Rocky statue. Yep. And like you, you mentioned that yeah, that's when he calls out Rocky, so then he accepts the fight. And this is where if I don't know if you remember, but the training for Clubber Lang Balboa won is such a joke yeah he rents out the big gym he's got like the the arcade games and the girls and the dancers and the everything and mickey's like well there's this horse and pony show like you know what i mean yeah what did you see the one part where like mickey's trying to have this like serious talk with him and they're playing the rocky theme yeah, song yeah, gonna yeah, fly now like, i think it was yeah and it turns there's nobody he's like, else quiet over that. he's like you quiet, quiet over there yeah <laughs> it's great no, I love all that stuff, but like I think even the first time I saw it, I'm like, he's clearly gonna lose, and they're clearly gonna have a rematch because he's at the top, like you said. Like Mickey gives him the speech. Now, I think the most important thing about this, you, you, did you have anything else to say about Rocky Three? Not really. I mean, I feel like they really showed the cards that he was gonna lose way too easily because of how uh, civilized yeah. he was. 
Yeah, I mean... You could see right away. I mean, just by the, the natural length of a movie, you knew he probably wasn't going to win. So, I mean, eh, that, that's okay to me. But what I will say is that this is your number six, correct? Yep, my six. So, so and I already did my six, right? No, I did not. No, you didn't do No, you six. went first. Okay, never mind. So, I'm going to hold off on that. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. I have, mine, I have Rocky Three a little bit higher on my list. So Okay, um, okay. I'll go into depth. It, and it's coming soon, so I won't go too into depth into it. So, it's our opinions your Tyler's heavy opinions on Rocky three. What were the major weaknesses here? I know you said clubber for you. Yeah. I, you know what, when it comes to the fighting, the Rocky force fighting was great. I think Rocky two's fighting was really solid too. Mm-hmm. This one, it's just like in a boxing match, clubber Lang is doing kind of what's going on. in like Rocky five, it looks like a street fight. Cause he's throwing the, he's, he's not punching like a boxer. He's legit yeah. going these long hooks that would get, any person knocked out yeah and it's it was bothering me so much i just you're the going, highlight oh sorry well i'm just saying they're going straight for the headshots the entire time while rocky's going for everything he's going for the body and he mm-hmm. always goes for the body for some reason before the head because he never has the reach it's true that no that's literally why the, the, with drago it's a, in the beginning is that he's trying to box him straight up and they're like the only way you're going to get close to him is if you hit him with body shots like that's how you're going to make up the distance so that's that's why he always goes for the body and the same thing goes for in the creed movies because michael b jordan's not that big that's the one gene that he doesn't get from apollo is that he's not that big and his opponents are always bigger than him he has to be the only way that he's gonna make any headway and close that distance is if he goes for the body and I think, you know, and you might have a point here. Uh, I don't think it would move on my list necessarily, but I think you have a good point here in terms of the fight. I think I'm so focused on the progression of Rocky from a Philly boxer to a real fighter. You know, the transformation that he makes right. in that movie, that that's why I look at this fight so much better. Cause like he fight, I don't want, I'm not going to go fully into it right now. Cause I'm going to talk about it in a little bit, but he goes from like total one style to another just through training with Apollo. And I just think it's a great, it's awesome like it's really cool and also the way that they train him gives you this really great moment at the end that i'm not going to spoil right now but yeah and, th- and that's why i like it so much but i'm going to go into my number six then all right which which i think you're going to be surprised but i think if you really listen to what i'm saying here and, ter- and how i talked about it before because it already came up on your list you'll understand but my number six is rocky balboa oh, okay yeah, yeah the sixth the sixth installment in this in this franchise, and what I like, I said it's a personal favorite. I was I did not overrate it. I don't think that it jumped anything that it shouldn't jump on my. Well, you think that Rocky Four should be higher, but yes, I do, Ryan. I think it should at least be just like the number in the top four. It Ugh. should be in the top four. I don't know about that one, but what I would say is that you know you have Rocky Balboa, also written and directed by Sylvester Stallone. Um, this one clocks in about an hour and 42 minutes. So, you know, it's a simple story. And I'll, and I'll give it this, you know, I criticize Rocky IV for the same thing, although I think that this didn't need to be long. It just didn't need to be long. But you have Rocky many years later. You know, this movie came out in 2006. Rocky V was 1990. So it's a significant amount of time passing in between. The music is done once again. He comes back, the, the original himself, Bill Conti. And like I said, this shows Rocky many years later. He is now the owner of a restaurant that he named after his wife, Adrian. Now, the biggest gut punch, I think, in the first act is that you find out in somewhere between Rocky V and Rocky Balboa that at this point, Adrian has uh, passed at this point in time. 
She's been gone for about five years. Uh, she died of cancer. And you can see even now how much of a toll it takes on Rocky every single day. Like he has not gotten past that. What I will say, another thing that this movie does, and people criticize it for this reason. I don't think it should be criticized for this reason. This is a walk down memory lane and a love letter to fans of this franchise. They bring back all of the references and all of the people, and they don't do it in, an, in my opinion, not in an obnoxious way. They make all the references. They go to all the different sets and all the different places. And I think that it really works. I think the coolest one is that in the restaurant, there's a guy, an older man who always eats for free there. And if you know Rocky, the waitress is like, ah, this guy, is, he's not going to pay again. He goes, ah, that's all right. Spider's got a hell of a right hook. And you're <laughs> like, wait a second, Spider? Spider Rico is the first person that Rocky fights in Rocky, the original Rocky movie. That's the guy that he beats in that first scene, Spider Rico. And they've stayed friends for all of these years. He goes, and that's what he says to the waitress. He goes, oh, but he's got a hell of a right. So, you know, that's cool. I think what's what they do this for a double effect. They do it as a tradition that Rocky has, but also to bring you down memory lane again on the anniversary, I think it's of their death, of her death, I believe. He goes around Philly to all of the spots that they used to go to every year. And one of the spots is the ice skating rink. That was their first date, and you see that in Rocky 1. And then he goes to her old, his old apartment, the one that he lived in in Rocky, when he's talking to her at the top of the stairs, and he invites her in and all that stuff. Like, all those places with Paulie. He does this with Paulie, and apparently he also does this with Robert normally, but Robert didn't show up for this one. And Paulie's like, I can't do this no more, Rocco. I can't do it. You was good to her. I was bad to her. This isn't fun for me. You know, he, and then like they're in front of the ice skating rink and he's talking about like the first time that they, you know, they were on their date. And I love the line that he goes, you know, cause it shows like, it's just very Rocky when he's, you know, he said, when our hands touch, he goes, I could feel electric. And like, it's just a <laughs> very Rocky way to say electric, it. electric. And then Paulie says, he's like this, you know, he says, this is sad. I don't want to do this. You know, it, you know, I was bad to her. And then I love the follow-up line you know, that Rocky says when he says, I, I was bad to her. He goes, she always loved you, Paulie. She always loved you. And I was just like, you know, it's true. It was Adrian really did. She always cared about Paulie, no matter how bad he was to her. But then he hits a nine, like, stop living in yesterday. Yesterday wasn't so good neither. Like, that, that's like a very Paulie line. And then Paulie leaves him. He goes to the same bar that they, were, that they would go to in the first two Rocky movies in their, in their part of town. And he meets the bartender who is the girl from Rocky one that he drags away from the street kids. You know, he tells her, like, you know, you gotta be smart. Gotta be this, gotta be that. And she remembers him. They have a conversation and then she becomes a really big part of the story. You know, he ends up walking her home and then he meets her son. And then he kind of takes the son in like kind of apprentice wise, to, like make sure he does good and stuff like that. So it's kind of like him, like giving back. Cause he doesn't really have anything else. Robert is older now. He has a big time job. He try. he doesn't talk to Rocky as much as Rocky want him to you know and then the big theme of this movie though is that rocky just does not feel like he hasn't conquered the biggest demons yeah. in his you know that he's dealing with what do you they he was saying was he still had that fire inside of him yeah and then yeah, yeah yeah what paulie said was tonight let all that fire out let it right, die yeah tonight. so so then out of nowhere, Rocky decides, like, I'm going to do some local fights. Like, I'm going to get back in the ring, and we're going to see how it goes. Now, actually, and this is another reason why I bumped this movie up, is that this movie develops the other fighter way better than a lot of than the other ones. 
better than Clubber Lang, better than Apollo and the original Rocky, better than Drago. Honestly, better than Dra- Baby Drago. No, no, I lied. Better than the the guy in Creed One. Like all, oh, like, I think he's up there with the better adversaries. Mason the Line Dixon. He's the current heavyweight champion, and I like how the movie acknowledges that it's 2006 and America does not care that much about boxing. And with throughout the entire movie, they go honestly. If this kid boxed back in the day, like Apollo and Rocky would knock his ass out. Like it's not even close. Like he's not even close to the tier of fighter. And similar to what they said about rocky in rocky three that he was a paper champion because mick was setting up the easy fights to keep him safe right they they criticize mason the line dixon because he only fights guys that are not in his league like he's the best of what's currently out there but what current what's currently out there including himself is much a much lower brand of fighter so he's trying to prove that he's a legitimate champion and there's nobody out there for him to fight to make a profit so his representation is like hey, Rocky just got his boxing license. He's the former champ. Do an exhibition. You get out there, you get a little bit of exposure. You'll look like the good guy because you won't knock his ass out. And the crowd will love it because everyone wants to see the former champ. You know, everyone loves Rocky. So they come to him. He takes the fight. And this is where people are like, you're telling me that a 50-something-year-old Rocky is going to fight an, a legitimate boxer. And I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's so far-fetched. I get it. Mm-hmm. He'd, knock him, he'd knock him out in the first round. But there are parts, uh, which I don't think, you know, because I think the last thing to go on a boxer is their hands. You know, like, look at Mike Tyson right now. He's ready to, you know, he could still. Mike like, Tyson. Right, exactly. But he's a bad man. And what I would say is that they put things in the plot that make it a little bit more achievable. Like, they're very realistic about the training. While this is not even close to the, the best training montage, it's the most logical one. So, like, Tony comes back. They got the gang together. He gets Robert together. You know, finally, I'll go back to the, the scene that does get Robert on board. And he goes, all right, well, your knees are shot. You can't do long distance running. You have arthritis, so you can't do this. They name all of the different types of training. You know, you're at this age now, so you, you can't do speed. And like, they, they acknowledge all of these things. And they say, the only chance that you have in this fight is power. So they power train to go. And then the quote from Tony Duke, they call him Duke. The quote is, let's start building some hurting bombs, his hands. Hmm. They're going off pure power in this fight. And that's why I like the montage, because it's just this power training. You know, he does a little bit of running with the dog that they adopt, but really it's all this power lifting, power training, all this other stuff. Like it's, you know, it makes sense. And that's why I'm okay with it. I think they take that. That's one of the few things that they take in the most realistic way possible. Plus, you have to realize it's Rocky franchise. And we've made Rocky into a little bit of that anomaly of a fighter who can take more punishment than anyone else. You know what I mean? So I give it credit in those two things. I don't think it's really doing that much outside of what the franchise normally does. But like I said, they seem to make him like a superhero. Why don't we just put him in the next Avengers movie? I don't think so. I don't think that they make him because he gets, I mean, he gets fucked up in this fight and the first couple rounds are not good. What I will say, a couple of notable things to put in this movie, you know, Mike Tyson appearance once they get to the fight. Um, you also have young Max Kellerman because back then he was the ESPN boxing guy. So he's yeah. calling this fight, which I think is kind of funny, even though I don't really like Max Kellerman. Another really cool thing that they meant they show, they show Rocky's lifetime record. This man was in 81 fights. It was his total fight number. I think Mason, the line Dixon is such a lame nickname. Like really Mason Dixon line. Like really <laughs> don't walk the line. But what I will say, and I think by far, and everyone, I think pretty much everyone has seen this in a clip out or whatever, but this movie by far has the best 
quote and best back and forth between two characters. Uh, there's a, the scene in Rocky two and Adrian and Rocky are on the beach is number two for me. But my favorite quote in this entire franchise is when he's talking to Robert and Robert's complaining about how living in Rocky's shadow sucks and that he shouldn't fight because he's making it harder for Robert to be successful. That's another thing. Robert, once again, is being such a little bitch in this movie for like 80% of it. And then at the end, he, he gets his shit together. But it's the famous line. It's like, it's not about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep going. And that's my favorite quote in the entire franchise. Yeah, it ain't about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. And then he agrees to be on Rocky's team for the fight to train. He quits his job because he realizes that he's not happy because of himself and not because of Rocky. And he was blaming other people. And Rocky talks about that in the season. Like, you can't blame other people for why you're not where you want to be and blah, blah, blah. And Robert is educated. He grew up in money. He had all these things. And then the simple uneducated, I mean, Rocky didn't even graduate high school. And the simple speech just, it makes sense to him that, yeah, I am being a little bitch. And my dad's right. I was glad because the first time I saw this movie and I forgot that that was the scene, I was like, don't tell me right now that Rocky's going to feel bad for living his life because this kid thinks that he can't get out of his dad's shadow. That's such a bitch move, but he doesn't. Rocky does not back down. He says, look, I'm doing me. You got to do you. But he tries to teach him a life lesson at the same time. And I like that. Like I said, then it goes into the power training montage. You get to the fight, you know, right before the fight, you know, he says to, to Robert, like, I love you, kid. I'm glad you were able to make it. And then, you know, like you said about Paulie, he's like, he, he says, the quote is, Rocco, the last fight of your life, the last one, right before the, the bell rings, because they have that talk beforehand about, you know, he says to Paul, like, I got this fire, and he's like, let it out. You know, Rocky's telling him, let him out, let it out. It's got to be, you know, it's got to go. This fight is brutal, and I don't mean in a bad way. It's a really raw, really most realistic version of this fight. Rocky is getting his face pounded in the first couple rounds. He's getting in a few good shots, which would be natural for somebody because like, the last thing a boxer loses is their hands, and they're going at it, but Rocky gets one good body shot. No, well, he, gets, he does get one good body shot, but then Mason goes for the body shot, breaks his hand. Yep, and that's when the tides turn. Well, And then it becomes even. So at that point, you have an, a realistic reason why this fight could be somewhat competitive at that point because Mason is dominating the entire fight before that. And they're going at it. And this becomes, and I wrote here in just one sense as the Philly brawler, because that's what happens. He just unloads. They're just trading and trading punches and trading punches and trading punches. It's great. It, this is a really gritty fight. And if it were one or two rounds longer, Rocky would win. Because it's an eight-round exhibition, I believe. And I remember, and so the fight ends, and it's actually a split decision. Like, Mason does not win outright. It's a split decision. And then they go down. And then right as the fight ends, Mason goes up to Rocky and they tap gloves and he goes, you are one crazy old man. <laughs> and I love that line so much. But then also when he meets with Paulie in the middle of the ring, he says, the beast is gone. It's gone. So like at that point, that was what he needed to finally face his demons and all those. So I think this has way more heart, makes way more sense than Rocky five. This is the way to end it. This is a good movie. It brings you down memory lane. Cause you gotta remember this came out you know, 90 to almost, you know, way 11 years after the Rocky five, probably more. No, yeah. 11, I guess it it doesn't matter, but much longer. So you have to remember, you have to refresh people on the franchise. So I think that's why it did that. But 
you know, I just think that just like the character itself, this movie itself has so much heart. And not that it's the best movie in this franchise, but I just think that like the core of the lessons that you learn from it and the character that you're learning from it, it has heart and it makes you feel. I didn't have any emotions during five. So that's why I think that it would, when people say this is the worst, I'm like, you're wrong. Like you're so wrong. And once again, you actually developed Mason, the other fighter. Like you feel for him because he wants to prove that he's worth something. And this is the only fight that he can get that will get him a payday. And they say it in the press conference, either way, you win this fight, you beat up an old man, you lose this fight, you're, you're a fake champion. Like you can't, you know what I mean? So that's why I, I think this, this is a good movie. Also, I like before um, Rocky enters the rings, another little tidbit is that he didn't know what music was going to play and they walk out. Apparently, Paulie picked the music and it's Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Like Mason, yeah, like Yeah, high hopes. Mason comes out to like this hardcore hip hop song and then just to make Rocky look even older, he comes out to Sinatra. Also, another funny line, Rocky gets to the ring and he passes the announcer desk and Max Kellerman looks up at him and Rocky, Rocky says, hey, how are you doing? And then Max Kellerman goes, oh my God, Rocky Balboa just asked how I'm doing. I watched this, you know what I mean? Like it was, I'm a huge it, fan. That's what he said. Yeah, and he kind of like just like, like how big of a fan he is. So that's my opinion on Rocky Balboa. Sixth installment in the Rocky franchise. It sits at number six for this guy. So now we're moving on to number five for Tyler. All so right. What is your number five, sir? So my five is Creed Two. I love this film. Oh, I think Michael B. Jordan does an awesome job. I love the fact that Ivan Drago had a son, and he's now living vicariously through him. And right. in a way, besides it, Michael B. Jordan avenging his father in a way, at the same time that Sylvester Stallone did, or sorry, Rocky did. Sure, yeah, same point. It got me, and I like that he was... Michael B. Jordan was at the top in this movie, too. Like, he he started off, he was a good fighter. Everything was going well for him. And then he has that first fight, though, with Ivan Drago's son. And he loses... or He technically loses, but I forgot. It was a... Not suspension, but it was like a penalty or something like that. So, obviously, this was the last one I watched. So, what happens is that He's got Adonis out for the count and the ref is doing the count and Adonis is on one knee and then baby Drago whams him right in the face and it's, it's illegal to hit somebody once they're down. Right. So he's DQ'd. So Adonis okay. retains the championship, but like clearly everyone's like, he lost that fight. Yeah. So then he's decide to go back out, out there and actually do kind of what Rocky did and go fight him in Russia. Which I do mm-hmm. like that. It's a, it's the whole like continuation in a way. It's a whole little like yeah, sequel. I mean, if you put Rocky Four and then Creed Two, it is like a little sequel. You in a way could watch Rocky One, Two, Three, Four, and then just skip to Creed Two. Well, skip to Creed maybe, and then so you Creed need the background two. on Adonis, and then Creed Creed Two. Like you wouldn't need Five or Six because they don't really reference much that happens in Six and Creed One. So. But that training out in the desert, though, I was getting hype. So that that's my one. That's the one that competes with, montage. with Russia f- training from four. I think, I don't know. I think I might like it more. What, the Rocky four mo- uh, training montage? I think I might like Creed two's montage more than Rocky I four. mean, the music that was going with it, too. He's just constantly, like, hammering dirt the entire time. The whole thing. Because it's, it's, like, when Rocky trains, he struggles, like, a little bit. Adonis struggles. Like, 
the first third of this training montage is like him not being able to do it. Like, yeah, this was this is a movie where I was out. like ready to run through a wall after this montage. Absolutely. Like right away, I was like, I'm ready to go to work. I'm ready to go to work. Yeah, I Except, agree. Except uh, I think it was Creed too, where I was like so pumped up. Like I had a Red Bull. We're going I remember when I first saw this, right? You up. Sorry. When I'm seeing this montage, you know, I had a 16-ounce can of Red Bull. My whole plan is to just, you know, watch a little bit and then go to the gym. I got right. I was glued to the TV. And by the end of this scene, this montage, I am like ready to throw my head through a wall. I'm mm-hmm. ready to go. And I watched the entire movie. Next thing I knew, gym was closed. I couldn't do anything with this energy. That sucks. It's done. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's but it was that yeah, good we of a movie. Yeah, it held my attention the entire way. Such a good movie. Yeah, I, I agree. I do very much enjoy Creed too, but it's a little bit higher on mine actually. Okay. But if that's all you have to say about that, I, I don't want to go into it yet because we're going to basically not skip, but I only have a couple points because now my number five is Rocky three. Okay. So yeah, this is where I've got clubber Rocky one and two fights. The big thing that, and I slightly mentioned it before, but I think that the biggest thing in this movie and why I like it so much, because it was when I first made this, I had it in the three slot and I moved it down a couple times. But I think the biggest thing with Rocky three is that he's not fighting Clubber Lang. He's fighting himself and Clubber Lang is just the object in front of him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I get that. Yeah. I, I And the biggest thing that he has to overcome before the training, because he starts training with Apollo, but it's not working. He's just not motivated. And the big motivator, yeah, he's got nothing because of his fear. So he's literally just fighting himself. Fear is what he's fighting. And that's the big turning point is when he realizes that he isn't scared anymore. Or like he figures out what, and that's the big thing Adrian tells him, like, what are you fighting for? Like, what are you fighting for? And he's like, she said it can't be for me. It can't be for Apollo. It can't be for, it has to be for you. What are you fighting for? You know what I mean? And I think that's a really good point. I have a lot of notes on this one. You know, Mickey dying. See, that's, that's right. He said, you can't do it for me. You can't do it for Mickey. You can't do it for anybody else. It's just you. And I, I think that you see some real true pain in a lot of different ways. I think his reaction when, when Mickey dies is one of the most authentic, great acting moments in this whole franchise. You know, when he finally passes, you know, you see the one tear go down Burgess Meredith's face. Uh, Burgess Meredith plays Mickey. And mm-hmm. then he just says, I love you, kid. And then he passes on. And you see the pain in his face. And then the yell, this, the, you know, he just yells after that. And I just think it's really, really sad. And they go through the funeral and all that other stuff. And with that said, although as heavy as this movie is at times, you know, it's still Rocky movies. So it's not super heavy. But also has some good lines in it, you know. They go to Cali once Rocky agrees to train with Apollo. And uh, then he first meets Pauly and he tells Apollo, what, what does he say? Apollo says something about Pauly and he goes, ah, it takes about six years to get to know him. Like he's like, cause he says something to the effect of like, I don't like this guy. Yeah. Um, and then when they try to start formally training Rocky, Pauly's like, he, he's a bruiser. He ain't no boxer. I love all that stuff. Or um, at one point they're training and Rocky's like, ah, tomorrow. And, and Apollo is just like, there is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. I love that stuff. Like that's great. And then yeah, drive. you move into the, the, the conversation that he has with Adrian on the beach when he's failing 
so terribly at the training. She finally cracks him, and this is the big line. Rocky says, for the first time in my life, I'm afraid. I'm afraid, Adrian. Is that what you wanted? I'm afraid. You want to see? You want to hear me? You want to see me break down? I'm scared. Right. right. I'm scared. Yeah. All of that. And then she motiv- she, she brings him back up. I think it's one of the best conversations that you see between them in this franchise. And that's where yeah. Adrian becomes more than just the woman that he fawns over, but also like literally his only true partner. Like this is who he needs to be with. But we see you know that I mean? strong development in Adrian throughout all the movies. Like, and she like the says first it. one, she's like so shy, so much of an introvert. And then she starts getting a little bit more confidence, starts getting a little bit more strength, starts fighting back with Polly. And yeah, and she, she says, it. She's, I'm not, I say, I'm not shy anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think in like Rocky 2, like a little bit better. She seems more confident. She's standing up for herself against right. Polly. And in Rocky 3, she's there. She is now. She is his rock. She is able to yeah. motivate him and actually be able to, you know, give her opinion, voice her opinion, wake yeah. him up. Yeah. And a, and a big part of that is, you know, one quote that she has is like, you know, when they're on the beach, she goes, why do you even want to come here? You, you've never quit at anything since I've known you. Why do you want to quit now? I love that. That's a really great moment for her. And then... I just wrote one little sentence here. It says montage part two, because now they really go into it. Rocky's ready to go and he's ready to train for this fight. What I can say here is that this training montage is awesome. I love it. It's, it's, you know, it's obviously not the best one, but I just, I very much enjoy this one. And I think that the Rocky Apollo bromance is it's everything for me. It's absolutely everything. I love the bromance. Yeah. That's where Um, the whole little hint of Apollo saying like, after you win this fight, like you owe me a favor. Right. Yeah, I mean, and then like yeah, the yeah. favor ends up being like the Apollo versus Creed, or sorry, Apollo three, Creed. yeah, Apollo versus Rocky, Rocky three, yeah, 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 match three, but privately held. You know, there was an article apparently somebody wrote about that, like who won that fight. Well, you know, in Creed, he says it when when Adonis comes to the restaurant to talk to Rocky, he go he says like I'm I'm his son, so can you at least tell me who won? And he goes, Rocky goes, he did. Oh. Yeah, I, so I you know. So, that. Yeah, he says it. He says it in, in Creed that, he, that Apollo won. So, yeah, I love that. Also, can we just talk about Carl Weathers in general? Like, he's a fucking unit. I mean, he's yo. I mean, he looks like a boxer. Like, he's not an actor. He's a boxer first, Carl right? Weathers, no, man. he's an actor. Solid actor. Played football for a little bit in the NFL. A small, small little stint Dude. there with the Raiders. I love Carl Weathers. I think he's the best, like I said, the best part. And you really feel the hole when he's not there in four. Yeah. Um, well, once he dies, like, I, I love that character so much. But a part of me, as I'm watching Creed, I'm like, man, I wish that he could, I wish Carl Weathers could share the screen with Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I wish they didn't kill him off like that. I wish he didn't have to be so like does, that. So does Stallone. I, I read an article recently. He said that he regrets killing off Apollo. Yeah, I saw that too. And, uh, like, it was Mickey, I think, as well. Had, he regrets that one. I'm okay with. It was time. That was that was. Yeah. I think I think they exhausted the development there with Mickey. But I think that you could have put like Apollo in a coma. Yeah. I mean, granted, it would be a very. It would be kind of a repeat of Rocky Two. Yeah, that was like, that was a little I, scary. But you'd preserve the character at least. Um. But yeah. So I love that. 
But what I really love within this montage is that you watch Apollo turn Rocky into a real boxer. Yeah. And I have it, I have it in all caps because it's a SpongeBob reference, but the bullet point just says technique, technique. Because <laughs> that's what he <laughs> that's what he gives him. He gives he gives Rocky real footwork, technique, using his hands to protect his face, all the things. But the biggest one, and I said this earlier, that it gives it a caveat, gives the movie a caveat in terms of this big moment that you're waiting for, is that he makes Rocky fight Clubber Lang right-handed. Because Rocky's left-handed. So he makes Rocky fight Clubber Lang right-handed. And he said, you're going to fight him right-handed until you got him right where you want him. And then you switch to left and destroy him. And that's, so you're waiting the entire fight. Like, when's he going to go left? When's he going to go left? When's he going to go left? And then when they get to the fight, he's like, don't go left until I say go. Like, and it's great. And then they get to the fight. And then there's just one quote that I like. They're interviewing Clubber Lang before the fight. And they're like, Clubber, what's your prediction for this fight? And he goes, prediction, pain. <laughs> you know the way mr t does but rocky kind of betrays what apollo tells him in a way so he's sticking with the right-handed boxing but he's not doing any of the defense work he starts out with it to get them even but then in the middle of the fight rocky brings out his own strategy of i'm just gonna take everything he's got and he just shot after shot after shot rocky's taking it and taking it and taking it and apollo's like what are you doing and um He's like, I got a strategy. I'm going to tire him out. I'm going to tire him out. He's getting tired. He's getting tired. So, yeah, he's just wailing and wailing and wailing. But you can see every time he goes to the corner, he's more tired and more tired and more tired. So Rocky knows what he's doing. He knows how many rounds are left, and he knows what he's doing. So he's he's And he knows I can take the punishment. Like I can do this. So, you know, I'm going to keep taking this until I, can, I see a spot where he gets tired because it's the same thing. Rocky's too – he doesn't have the reach, so he can't get in too close. But he's, you know, throwing in shots here and there, but mostly taking the punishment. Then when he's finally too tired, he just starts wailing on Clover Lang, wailing, 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 wailing. And then he's just taking him out for the count. Body shots, body shots, shots to the head, shots to the head, just body shots. And then Apollo goes, now! And then he switches to Southpaw and just knocks this fool out. Like, it was great. I love that fight in that way. Is that, like, it was just this, this momentum swing and, like, you see the strategy, although it's a very Philly brawler, strategy but i just loved the way that they carried that out so that is why for me it sits in this spot and you know i have a i have a little write-up here but basically it was just i like that he was fighting himself you know there's always a an obstacle in his way and maybe that's why they don't develop clever lang it's still why it puts it a little bit lower on this list for me but i like the training i like that he has to come to grips with the fact you know his own fear and his own worry and you know, what's he fighting for and the grief that he suffers with the loss of, of Mickey, especially because he yeah. feels like it's his own fault. He blames himself for Mickey's death, although he shouldn't. I think he's definitely more at blame for Apollo's death because he could have ended the fight. But the, the one thing that this movie lacked from the first two, although I like it a lot, is Rocky wasn't as quippy or funny. It was very straight up, like very like revenge. I mean, I get it for the the, the plot of the movie. He's not going to be but I did, I did miss that after watching one and two where he's so funny and so quippy. Not having that here was definitely something that was missed for me in the script. So that's why it kind of sits where it sits for me at number five. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right, I, I, I see why you, you put it there. I, I, I can see the reasoning behind it. I just, I mean, I, I'm not budging with it. But it, like, mine's yeah, pretty no. close. Mine's close to what? It was six. We're like yeah, very so I, close. Right, and I mean, and that's, and that's how I, you know, 
the one spot, you know, I liked it a little bit more. I appreciated the parts that I liked just a little bit more than you did. So I, you know, we feel mostly the same on it. I'm glad we compromised. I can't say the same about Rocky four. Yeah, no. And I feel the same way about Balboa. I think it's definitely a better movie than five, but that is the end of the first half of our Rocky franchise rankings. Make sure to tune back in on Friday for part two. Also make sure to share the show with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at bring out the list and follow us on Spotify. If you're listening there or leave a comment, if you're listening to us on Apple podcasts, as well as a rate, I was Ryan. I was joined by Tyler and thanks guys. And we'll see you on Friday. 